in a series now for three weeks called Ripe. You know, Jesus uses the metaphor of fruit, fruit that is ripening, ripening to the best use, the best display. Uh, and then the Apostle Paul kind of grabs that metaphor in the New Testament writings, talks about the fruit of the Spirit, the actions and the attitude of someone who is being grown up and, and led by the Holy Spirit. Now, I realize that uh, some of you are new to church, and maybe some of you aren't quite ready to go all the way with Jesus. You know, you haven't given your life fully to, to faith in Christ, and, and some of this stuff might be uh, a little strange to navigate. I hope that today, though, you get a little bit more understanding of what it means to have God's Spirit literally speaking and moving and influencing and guiding you in the way that you act and the way that you think and the way that you feel. Uh, and, and the Apostle Paul in Galatians 5 says, the fruit of the Spirit or the actions and the attitude of somebody driven by the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. And so we've been looking at those. We looked at joy the first week and talked about how we can choose joy no matter what the circumstances of life are, that, that God has built that in us. Uh, also, last week we talked about patience. We talked about you know, trusting God's timeline, trusting his wisdom and knowing that, yeah, he put a vision in you. He put, a, he put something in your mind to, that he wants to accomplish through you, but it's gonna be on his timeline and that we can trust that. Today, I believe we're gonna talk about one of the most important things that not only our church needs to understand, but all churches need to, the big C church. If we can grab a hold of this Brentwood church and we can inspire other churches and this can catch fire in the greater church, I believe that the world will be changed faster than we think. Now, we know that Jesus is ultimately going to do that uh, fully, but he's asked us to participate in bringing a little bit more of his heaven, his kingdom to this earth, his spirit to this earth. And I believe the thing that we're going to talk about today is absolutely critical in that. And that is this thing called kindness, Kindness. Now, the word itself doesn't sound real, you know, impressive. It's like, yeah, okay, kindness. I mean, what's that? But when we look at the New Testament word for kindness, it basically means this, actions of devotion, loyalty, mercy, and encouragement. Actions. Now, we know that actions begin in the mind, take, you know, fruition in the heart, and then ultimately are manifest in our actions. But what we see in this idea of Christian kindness is actions of devotion, loyalty, mercy, forgiveness, and encouragement that we would be these kinds of people, that our life would just be an outflowing of those kinds of actions. In fact, Jesus says this in the Gospel of John. If you want to turn there, uh, John chapter 13, and then we're going to be in Ephesians 4 in just a minute. The Gospel of John 13, Jesus says this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciple. And he's not about to say uh, by how much uh, trivia knowledge you know of the Bible. He's not gonna say by how much you attend church. He's not gonna say by how clean your moral behavior is in public and private. Those are very important things. But Jesus says, that's not the deal. That's, that's not how the world's gonna know, ultimately. That's not the big identifier. He says, this is the big identifier, if you love one another. He says, the world's gonna know that you're with me by the way you treat each other. Each other, like the people beside you, the people you're in community groups with, the people that you serve with, 
the people that you get so connected and close to that you're literally confessing your sin to. He says, look, those people, the way that you interact with them, the way that you serve them, the way that you are kind to them, the way that you're loyal to them, the way that you're devoted to them, the way you encourage them, the way you forgive them is how the world will know that you reflect me, that my spirit is driving me at you and my leadership is leading you. Love, wow. I mean, it just, it just seems so plain and yet so magnanimous when you stop and think about it, this idea of being kind to each other. Wow, turn with me to Ephesians 4. We're gonna get to that in just a second. I was at our local restaurant this past week, and as I was walking in, um, one of the servers stopped me, and she says, Pastor John. And I said, hey, you know, and, and she says, my name is Grace. She said, I've been coming to the church for a couple years. She said, and she just starts right there in the middle, you know, my whole party's, you know, gone. The hostess is seating, and I'm right there, and I'm talking to this girl named Grace, and she's saying, you know, you know, the, this church has changed my life, and, and, you know, it's changed some of our friends' lives. She says, we're just so, so excited about what's happening, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I just was like, whoa, like, man, I felt encouraged. She was so kind. How, how many of you have ever walked away from a situation like that? And it's like, you know what? I think I'm all tapped out on encouragement. Like, I, 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 kindness has just been, just been obnoxiously over, overblown today. I don't think I need any more of that. And so you stop a person like Grace and say, like, yeah, yeah, that's great. I don't need any more encouragement, thank you. I need to get to my, no, of course not. Like I, wa- I was like, I walked back to my table and I was like, wow. And so I sit down and you know, our server comes by and then our server brings our entrees and Grace is helping her you know, deliver the food and, and Grace takes the time to introduce me and my wife, my wife and I as, as, as you know, this is my pastor and this is his wife and these are their friends and she just, she just encourages us some more. I'm just like, wow. Like, man, I feel good. And then after our meal's over, Grace, unbeknownst to our server, walks out with a plate of cheesecake and sets it in, you know, and has enough spoons for myself, my wife, and, and our friends. And she says, hey, she says, you know, uh, I always hear you talk about cheesecake on, on Sunday mornings, how it's like your weakness and like you really love cheesecake. She goes, I just wanted to get that, get that for you and bless you. And I was like, I am so offended, Grace. <laughs> Stop it. And, and so we're just, and we're all just like, what in the world? Like, this is, this is amazing. And so our server finally brings us the, the check and, you know, those little credit card, you know, bill leather binders and 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 then I open it up and and instead of there being a, a, a bill there's a handwritten note from Grace and she's just saying thank you so much for all that you do and she's just you know just I mean just writes this whole just this beautiful letter and then my server says um, Grace has has taken care of all of your meals tonight like every, like all of us and, and I'm thinking, here's a post-college single girl living on tips. And she, she buys our dinner. 
like that 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 might as well that might have that might have been rent, you know. I mean, just that little bit of money that she she paid out was huge. And I'm telling you, I walked away, and my eyes were watering. And I just got, and my wife and I just got in our car. I was like, "What in the world? That was just so kind. That was so encouraging. Like I, I feel emboldened. And, and that that is the power, guys, of kindness. That is the power of encouragement. And, and you know, this is a girl whose heart and mind is just it just defaults to it. And, and, you know, what's interesting is I, I started talking to other people who know her, and they're like, yeah, that's her. That's just her. You know, another friend of mine met with the same girl, and, 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 you know, for a meeting. And at the end of the meeting, she pulls out encouragement cards to everybody in the meeting. Like, hey, before I leave, here you go. That's terrible. <laughs> Stop it. Stop being a blessing to the world. But you know what Jesus said? He says, that's who we should be. Like, that's not just a personality type. That, that's, that's the spirit moving us to action. Like, we should, like, the world should just step back and go, wow, like, those Christians, those, those people who go to that church and gather in that high school, I don't know what it is, but they're just obnoxiously kind and encouraging to everyone, especially to each other. Like, I want to get in on that. And, and so Paul, the apostle Paul, sort of picks up on that and he says, look, you know, it's hard for us to default to this. It is. I mean, if we're honest, you know, we, we have a hard time living in a stressful, frustrating world where there's traffic, you know, on Ward's Road now. You know, it's like, ah, oh, I don't want to be kind. These college students, ah. It's like, hey, they're paying for your streets. Calm down. You know, ah, you know, these people at work, they're just full of drama and it's just crazy and I don't want to be kind to them. You know, we can go home and, you know, we have all the maintenance of those relationships. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough for us to stay in that frame of mind. And yet Jesus says, look, this is it. This is who you are. You're kind. You're loyal. You're devoted. And, and at the levels that you are that, people will know that you're with me. Uh, some of you just say, you know what, John, I, kindness is just... I'm just afraid, you know, if I'm kind, people will take me for, for, take advantage of me or take me, take me for granted. They won't return. They'll be ungrateful for my kindness. I'm just afraid of that. Uh, some of you would just say, you know, kindness just doesn't work in my industry. You know, John, look, man, I, I work in a high pressure environment and you're not just like, hey, would you move those over there? It'd be great. <laughs> like, no, get over there and do it. You know, we're about to go into battle. So somebody's like, kindness just doesn't work, or it's not a default, but yet we go to the scriptures and it's like, no, this is who we are. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. It doesn't matter what kind of stress you're under. It doesn't matter where you work. It doesn't matter who's on your streets. We are known by how we serve, how we forgive, how we are kind to each other. And the Apostle Paul just kind of teaches this out. Look what he says. He says, look, I'm going to tell you about how to be kind, but first I'm going to tell you about how not to be kind. He says, verse 29 of Ephesians 4, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. He says, if you want to not be kind, then be crude, rude, and divisive to people. 
He talks about the words that are coming out of your mouth. Yeah. And you saw the movie too. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. He's like, look, the words that you speak, they can be harmful. They, they, they like, even if it's, if it's not necessarily a curse word or even an insult, the way you say it sometimes can just wound people. And Paul says, look, if you want to get this whole kindness thing, you got to start with what's coming out of your mouth. And he says, don't be crude. Don't be rude. Don't be divisive to people. Will Rogers, the 20th century cowboy, leave it to a cowboy to say this. He says, never miss a good chance to shut up. Leave it to a cowboy to say that, you know? And that's true. Never miss a good chance to just keep your mouth shut. Like we all have opinions. We, you know, we all have, you know, uh, you know, I mean, we live in a culture now where you can go on Facebook and go, that lady that I work with, it's like, you know what? Just keep your mouth shut because that's not, that's gonna be hurtful. That's gonna be harmful. And what Paul says is, look, look if, you got, if you're gonna get kindness, you gotta get, you gotta get how you talk to people. And so he says, don't, don't, don't be crude, don't be rude, don't be divisive. Instead, he says, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may, be, that it may benefit those who listen. What does he say? He says, instead of speaking harm into people, speak hope and help into people. Like, like, let that be the way you talk to people. Hey, I want to encourage you. I want to say things to you. Now, I know what some of you are already arguing. Well, John, what about accountability? You know, what about, you know, coaching people to rise to the occasion? Are you saying that we're not supposed to, you know, like, I mean, sometimes when you have to hold people accountable and, and that's not always nice. Yeah, that's true. In fact, the scriptures talk about speaking the truth in love. We've talked about it today. Okay, but you can say it in a way that's hopeful and helpful, that's kind. Like, what would happen, church, if we got a hold of that, if we became just people who spoke kindly to each other? I love this. Sometimes, you know, I talk to northerners. Sorry, I'm getting ready to offend a lot of people right now. Yeah, I'm going to get an email on this. Hey, great, great. I'm glad you owned that. But let me tell you something. Yeah, it's a different culture. You know, I was in New York City a couple months ago, and like, they don't, they don't have any trouble at all just speaking their mind. Like, like you're ugly. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, okay. You're bald. Get out of my face. You know, it's true, okay? You're, I am bald, but man, that hurt. <laughs> and, you know, in the South, though, we kind of we overcorrect. You know, we never... You know, we never speak truth, at least to the person. Can I get a witness? You're like, hi, how are you? I hate her. She is so trashy. Yeah, I love it too. Y'all coming over tonight? From the South, this is my people. I can say it. Paul wants us to get something. Write this down if you're a note taker. Kind talk. Right words, right way, right people, right time. Right words. What you say, the words that you say, man, they're important. 
the right way. I can say, I love you. Those are the right words. Man, that is not the right way, is it? <laughs> to the right, man, this is, this, is, this is big, the right people. Man, we, Christians are so good at triangulating, aren't we? I just need to, I need to work this out before I go talk to him. And you know, it's our it's our it's our way of masking gossip. You know, I just I don't want to hurt his feelings, so I'm just going to talk to you about it, and you just kind of help me out. You know, what we need to say is, he said, you know what, that's sin. That's just wrong. If you need to work it out, go work it out with him. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't feel safe. Well, then you need to trust the Holy Spirit, and you need to get over that. Because let me tell you something: the reason and the way that people are going to know we are Christ ripening followers is by the way we talk and how we talk and who we talk to. And we do it at the right time. Timing, man, I think that's so important. Just, just when we say it. Uh, my son was coming off the uh, soccer field back in the spring, and um, he, uh, the, he hard-fought win, and he did a great job. I was proud of him. As he's coming off of the field, he's about midfield, and he's, he's coming towards me. Another one of the dads is passing him, you know, at midfield, and he says, hey, Ethan, man, great job, great game, man, you know, and, you know, instead of him looking this guy in the eye and saying, thank you very much, he kind of gives him one of these, like, sup, looks, you know, like, yeah, and man, I was standing, like, you know, I was, like, 50 yards away, and I was, like, man, can my shoe, could I, could I hit him right now and take him down? I mean, I was just, I was ticked. I was like, what? Really? And so he kind of, he kind of comes striking up. And, and here's the deal. Uh, could I have said, hey, man, great, amazing game. So proud of you. Well done. You were unselfish. You know, you, those goals are awesome. And, and then maybe 10 minutes later while we're in the van, I go, hey, I just want to coach you on something. You know, when Billy's dad passed you, and you didn't look him in the eye and you didn't say, that was kind of rude. That was kind of disrespectful. Could I have done that? Yes. Would that have been the right thing to do? Yes. Would that have been the right timing? Yes. He comes over and I'm like, bro, that was so disrespectful. Like you look your elders in the eye and you tell them thank you. And then, and then you walk away. And then he falls apart and he's like, why can't you just be proud of me? I have a retainer on a therapist for my kids right now. It's just really kind of sad. Was that truth? Yes. Yeah, he needed to hear that. That's what we have dads for. Was it the right timing? No. And I think, man, I think Christians, I think Brentwood, if we can get timing, wow. Wow. You know, know, the scriptures say, don't let the sun go down on, on your anger. But you have 24 hours. Okay? You do. <laughs> Just take the time. Right words, right way, right people, right time. Why should we do this? Verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. It breaks God's heart, Paul says, when we are unkind to each other, when we speak crude, rude, and divisively to each other, when we hurt each other 
not for the sake of truth, but for the sake of harm, for the sake of malice or vengeance or jealousy. You fill in the blank. It breaks. I don't know about you, but when I step back from that and I go, it breaks God's heart when I, when I rip into somebody the wrong way, the wrong time, with the wrong heart, and God's heart is broken. Like that, that causes me a little bit of angst. That causes me a little bit of like, oh man, I bet I better watch what I'm saying. I better, I better really take hold of that moment. In church, I think that's what we have to do. Like if, if we can just be people, just the 250, 300 of us right here in this room right now, if we took this truth out there today, how that would just change everything, how it would change our marriage, how it would change the way we parent. Hmm. You know, man, if I, if I say this, would this break God's heart? If I know it will, then I'm not going to say it. Verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Better stay out of the Walmart Sam's parking lot. Because, man, don't you want to do that when you get over there? You want to start fighting people. He says, but get rid of that. He's like basically the pointing finger and, and, the, and the clenched fists. And what Paul says is, he said, look, that should not be you. Church, this, you should not be taking cheap shots at each other. You, you, you should be a community of people who go the right words, the right way to the right people at the right time. That, that's who you guys should be. Because mm. it breaks God's heart when we're not. It grieves the spirit. And you know, we got to own that when we fail that. And then we got to heal from that as we move forward. Finally, he gives us the raw materials of kindness. He says, be kind, and here the, here's the raw materials, and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Raw materials of 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 kindness or compassion, you know, just putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Like, man, you know, she's going through a divorce right now. I just, I just need to, I need to give some margin there. And maybe I don't need to teach her anything right now. Maybe I don't need to teach her a lesson. Maybe I just need to give her a little bit of grace, a little bit of room here. You know, that, that little boy is being bullied at school and his world's falling apart. You know, he's, He's, he's angry and he's, he's frustrated and he's insecure. You know, maybe I just need to put myself in his shoes a little bit before I act, before I say something, before I, whatever. Just empathy. And then taking that empathy for that person and then acting on it. You know, just compassion. Just, you know what, I'm gonna serve you. Hmm. And forgiveness. Man, what does he say? You know, just forgive each other like we sh- this should be our team mascot church like if we had a helmet you know, we should have forgiveness like we our flag as we run into the stadium is forgiveness we're just people who let it go and let it go for good you know, it's just who we are it's who we are as people what would happen, man? What would happen if we just were people who said the right words the right way to the right people at the right time and we were constantly wrestling with the anatomy or the raw materials of kindness 
compassion. Just people who empathize and respond. Empathize and respond. And we're just people who forgive. You know what? I forgive you. I forgive you. You know why I forgive you? Because Paul says it. Second part of verse 32. Just as Christ, just as in Christ, God forgave you. You know what? Man, I just experienced God's grace through Christ. I mean, that's the gospel. Like, I'm a sinner. I'm a broken, flawed man. You're a broken, flawed woman. And God loves you so much that he gave his son Jesus to forgive you of that. He's the ultimate example of kindness. He's the ultimate example of devotion and loyalty and mercy and encouragement. And when you just step back from that moment and you just go, wow, God, you gave that to me and you're just asking me to give that away. In fact, you're asking me to give that away to the point where that is how the world knows that I'm with you. I'm gonna ask the the band to come. And, And I heard this song a couple weeks ago as my head was kind of in this content and, you know, just kind of working through this personally myself. And I heard this lyric and I just thought, man, that's it, man. This, this, this songwriter, this artist just, just nailed it. Like who we are, who we have to be, you know, letting go of the, the, the unwholesome talk, you know, you know, Dropping the, you know, the pointing finger and the clenched fist and, and instead just, just a, a, an embrace of forgiveness and love. And, and I, just, I, just, I want us to, to just, just wrestle with this lyric for a second. But as they get set up, I want to tell you this, this story. Um, at one time, you guys have heard us talk about Elisha Kalich, young boy in our church who three weeks ago was hit by a, a, a car accident, total accident. He was on his bicycle, and he's been in an induced coma now for 21 days. At one point, though, last week, my wife had a card from the girl who, who hit Elisha and a card from the parents of Elisha, both to go to each other in her pocketbook side by side. Okay, there's a whole mystical story about that that will freak you out and I don't have time for. But at one point, those two cards were side by side and she was kind of the delivery person and didn't know it. She gets this card, hey, give this to the, to the Fouts family. Fouts family says, hey, here's the address of this girl. Would you take this card to her? Sure, in her pocketbook. We're at a restaurant last week. We see the Fouts who are Elisha's parents. We say, hey, somebody dropped this card off at the the church office and somebody asked me to give it to you. I don't know who it's from. Oh, and hey, we still have this card. We've been going by this girl's house and she hasn't been here. Uh, Do you want us to still keep going by there or you want us to drop it in the mail? And they say, no, 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 keep going, keep going. See see, see if you can get it to her. Okay, cool. Two minutes later, they come back over to our table and they're like, where did you get this card? I don't know, somebody gave it to me, somebody gave it to somebody, somebody, somebody. This is from the, the girl who hit Elisha. And, and, and she's asking our forgiveness and she's, and, and, and she's just telling about how it's affected her and, and then she gave us her number. What should we do? Call her. So Robin Fouts, Elisha's mother, called her 
this beautiful, beautiful conversation of love and forgiveness and kindness. And this was not your fault. This could happen to anybody. You are forgiven. Of course you are forgiven. And she shared Christ with her. Right there. That's the gospel right there. That's who we're... I mean, if anybody had a reason to be angry and bitter and upset and go inward on that, it would have been two parents. And yet, they said, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. And let me tell you why. The most important thing to me is Jesus Christ. That's who we are. We get rid of the... The, the rude and the crude and the divisive talk, we put down the f- pointing finger and the, and the clenched fist and we embrace each other with loyalty and devotion and encouragement. We be kind to each other and the world will say, I want some of 